Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. John, good morning to you. Good evening to you. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here today. Here on Thursday, June 29th, 2023. Just a few days coming up. We'll be at 4th of July again. And uh, glad to be here today with Pastor John Terrell, coming to you from Sacramento, California. His website online is eaec.org. And uh, Brother John, I go over to uh, Steve Quell's website, also InfoWars every day now, to, to tap back into um, updates, and I just read something shocking. Uh, there has been a, uh, a man and a woman arrested over there on the Ukrainian border, toting an 11-month-old child, and they were going to pass this child off to somebody over in Poland and uh, for organ harvesting and I've heard rumors of this but folks this is real and word is that America is one of the top locations for child trafficking have you heard about this new movie that's uh, come out with Jim Cavizio no okay so um, there's a new one out it's called Sound of Freedom it's going to come out on 4th of July and Jim Cavizio is the man who played uh, Jesus in the Mel Gibson movie some years ago. He's coming back, and they're, they're doing a new movie together. But this one almost didn't get made. And it's going to blow the cover on human trafficking. Namely, uh, the kidnapping of women and children for the sex slave and human uh, organ tr- uh, harvesting. This is sick, Brother John. It's happened in our country, too. And uh, people laughed at that Pizzagate 
scandal. Turns out that I think the New York Times has reported on it. There's something to that. And uh, I'm just praying that the cover be blown on all these wicked officials because they go up to the highest levels of government uh, that are involved in this uh, crime against uh, children. Listen, you don't mess with children. You can do a lot of other things, and you're going to pay the piper, but you mess with children, it says be better you're not born, or you take a millstone and put it around your neck and just go into the ocean. Uh, God is going to get these people. And you know, brother, um, the person who was arrested trying to kidnap this child and then sell him for 25 grand so his baby organs could be harvested, they put him in jail. They said 13 years. They need to kill these people, brother John. We need to catch these pedophiles and these human traffickers, and we need to execute them. 13 years is not enough. If we don't get real on uh, punishment and start executing these pedophiles, brother, what's to stop these people from doing? And the rapist? Listen, we need to go back to what the Bible did. Execute these people. We're not sending the message strong enough. And we got places like Chicago, which has become the crime capital of America. Dozens of people die every weekend up there. People murdering one another. We're not tough on crime, and that's why we're being overrun. And uh, I fear for the future of our country, Brother John. We've got people coming to the border, criminals, amongst others, seeking asylum. Um, and uh, no telling what the face of America is going to be when we got a justice system that is perverting justice. That's my micro-sermon tonight. This stuff makes me sick. Back to you. Let, let me comment to you here. When it comes to human trafficking, um, <clears throat> we can go after the people that are doing the trafficking. But the problem is, as long as there's a market, hmm. they're becoming. So we really need to go after the customers. And that's the same thing if it's when you're having prostitution. Uh, they nail the prostitutes, but the guys that are using them and buying them, that you know, they go free. If if there is no market for human trafficking, or let's say for harvest, harvesting of uh, human organs, then they wouldn't do it. So the market is what we need to focus on, also because that's where. Because now, if you take uh, organ transplant and so on, that that's not done in a little laboratory in a basement someplace. That's done in hospitals, which means that we are now involving doctors and uh, hospitals uh, directors that are because they make money on this. And so, the question they always should ask is, where does this kidney come from? Where is his liver coming from? And uh, so there's no regulation in, in this market, particularly in China. Uh, they usually shoot people, uh, or they no, they don't even shoot them anymore. They just, you know, kill them off with some kind of a drug, and then they take it, all the organs off them. And uh, most of the people going to China having that organ transplant are Americans, Canadians, people that have money. So it is it is a tragedy, but it's a market driving tragedy. You know, uh, I was shocked to hear that uh, Ireland 
is a epicenter for kidnappings of children that are never seen from again. Ireland, of all places, is a human trafficking um, hub. You know, my wife was in um, Madan, northern Sumatra, her her hometown, a few months ago, visiting family. And uh, while there, she heard a story of a lady who had been caught involved in kidnapping kids, and they were, you know, human trafficking, their body parts. Uh, the locals took justice in their own hands. Good for them. They grabbed this lady, and they lit her on fire and burned her alive. And she will not be trafficking anymore. Uh, we're not sending a signal to the criminals that you're going to pay when we catch you. And you're right. Um, we need to go after the source. Uh, because as long as there's a market, it's going to keep on going. But this thing's prolific. You know, we're murdering our children, aborting them, which is just more is murder. We camouflage in, in other terms, and we're selling their stem cells. Uh, human trafficking. They're going after the organs. They're going after the adrenochrome. Sex trade. Brother, this is sick. And uh, this movie almost didn't get made by Jim Cavizio. Encourage everybody to see it. I'm going to watch it. Sound of Freedom. Get everybody you can to watch it. And with that, uh, we're going to get started tonight. We're excited to be here with Pastor John Terrell. Brother John, do you want to open us in prayer? Yes, I will. My only father, I just want to thank you and praise you right now. That once again, I'm well. I can do a radio program. Father God, and I can bring forth what the Bible says, because that's how you speak to us. And I pray right now, Lord, again for the anointing, because without the Holy Spirit, we're not going any place. So I pray that you anoint the people listening and anoint myself. And if you have no problem, no glitches today with equipment, in Jesus' name, amen. Take your time, my friend. I'm going to be back. Yeah, go ahead. Over to you and take your time. Okay. I'm going to continue here. This is my part number nine today of guidance for a Christian. And we're going to begin here to speak about the different wills of God. And there are many things, as we just discussed, Shannon and I discussed human trafficking and so on. There's a lot of different things that we can, uh, there's a lot of crises, a lot of things happening. But I want to focus on today is on the believer in Christ. Some of you are brand new, some of you have been Christian for some time, and some of you are long time term Christians. But for you to function, it is extremely important that you know the will of God in your life. You got to understand that before the foundation of the world, God designed you. you we did not live prior to when we came into this earth, but we were designed. And let me try to illustrate that for you. Every year, car manufacturers come out with a new model. So, very shortly now, they're going to come out with the uh, 2024 models that are going to sell in the showrooms. The 24 models 
are not made this year. They started designing them probably in nineteen twenty twenty two. So they the design was done, they look upon the colors of the car because the colors change but every year and the, the interior changes and then they look upon what kind of new gadgets they can put on the car uh, to with the computer help with the computer they have different parts that work so if you go down to the showroom this fall and you look upon a 2024 car whatever if it's a Ford or it's for Chevy it's this Nissan or whatever with Toyota that car existed in a computer about two years ago it takes time to bring it up to put it into production so God simply sat down God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit and they created the angels and they didn't create them as a mass each angel is very different from another angel they were created individually and all humans that ever going to live on this earth they they were simply designed in if i can use the term god's supercomputer where he designed them and decided that uh, he's going to put so much intelligence into you. He's going to give you this gift. You're going to have, you're going to have the gift of music. Another person is going to have the gift of writing. Another person had the gift, for example, of painting portraits. And uh, so we have different gifts. And so when God made, designed all the people, He designed them very carefully with all the characteristics. He selected the country you're going to be in. He selected the time you're going to be born on earth. And everything is pre-selected and designed. We have a free will. So when a child is conceived, life begins a conception. That soul that is pressed into the first cell and joined with that cell is an adult soul. There are no baby souls. So the brain that you have in your physical body is a computer. It does not really contain anything except it's a computer. But the real you, the real brain that God has given you is in the soul. Because when the body dies on earth, the brain, the physical brain goes in the grave. And if you were situated in a physical brain, then you would cease to exist. So I'm working right now via a computer via Skype and I'm able to convey my voice and it goes out to the internet, it's picked up by your computer, smartphone or whatever you're listening with and it goes into your ears and from your ears it goes into your brain and from your brain it goes to your soul brain, that's where you process it. 
So, having said all of that, so when a child then, the body begins to grow, then the soul can begin, soul brain can begin to do more things as we develop our physical body. And the question then is, when you raise a child, you should simply ask this question and pray about it. God has given me a boy, a girl, or how many children you have, two or three or five or six, whatever children you have, ask yourself this, what is God's will for my son? What is God's will for my daughter? Because they are not mine. I am here to raise them, but I don't own them. When they become adults, they will fly the coop, and they will be on their own. So I have them until their bodies have grown up, and then I don't have them anymore. I can fellowship with them, but they will have their own families. They will live in different places and so on. They're not going to live where you are. So ask yourself this now. What in the world did God plan for this child? You really should start talking to a child when they are about maybe four or five years old and simply begin to tell them that there is a God, he loves you, and he has made you, created you, and he has a plan for your life. And so what we should do over the years is not only do a Bible study with the children, we should also begin to tell them this. Now let's try to focus on what do you think that God wants you to be? What kind of profession do you think that God wants you to be when you become an adult? And the child says, well, I don't know, Daddy. I want to be a fireman and ambulance driver and I want to be a nurse and doctor, whatever children say. And, you know, their vocation change. They get older, you know, then oh, I'm not, I don't want to be a fireman anymore, but I want to be an airline pilot. I would want to be this or that. I want to be uh, working on television, you know, and be an announcer and uh, be an influencer, whatever. So if you have that discussion with your children early, you will give them a start. Most parents never discuss the will of God with their children. Uh, it is just something they hope, I hope that something good will happen. Well, you got to make things happen. So now, how do you know what God wants for a child? Try to find out what are the giftings in your son, what's a gifting in your daughter? Because just like we design vehicles, we build used trucks, semi-trucks, we have pickup trucks, we have sedans, uh, we got motorcycles, we got tricycles, uh, we got four-wheelers, 
we, we have all kind of different types of vehicles and they all different shapes are but a vehicle has a design for example if you want to go into the wilderness uh, you're not going to have a sedan that you drive in you want to have a jeep or you want to have one of these uh, four-wheelers uh, a quad whatever you want to call them and so a vehicle is designed for the purpose that the driver is going to have. So looking at your son or your daughter, you simply begin to observe them. What are they good at? Some people, some children are good. They take on mathematics very quickly. Others' children are not doing good at all in that, but they are good in languages. And some children are good in memory. They can write. Uh, some children are good in painting. And uh, some people are mechanically inclined. And there's a number of different things. So you simply try to find out and talk to your child, okay, what do you really like to do in your life? What, what makes you joy? So... This also goes for adults. If you work in an area you are gifted in, you're going to be happy. But if you try to work in an area where you're not gifted in, you're going to be miserable. And there's a lot of people that simply get jobs in, in, the, in the society and uh, not necessarily, they said, well, this is a drag, man, I got to go to work, you know. I got to have a paycheck, you know, but I hate my job. Well, the reason you probably hate your job then is that you are not in your gifting. Uh, you can do certain things in your job, but you're not really good. Then there are those people that simply get a job in line with what they are gifted and they can't wait to go to work. They are so excited because there is joy when you move in the gifts that God has placed you in. So this is one way of beginning to find out where does God want to place you and so on. And that is what kind of gifts has he put into you. Are you musical? Uh, have you musical talents? Um, are you, for there are people that, that become doctors. And from early childhood, they, they knew that they wanted to be doctors. They, they simply have a knack for it. And particularly if you could do surgery and so on. And they are they're skilled in it. They do well in it. Um, you can't think a plumber, a guy that wants to be a, he doesn't have the gifting and he's a plumber and he says well we're going to make you a doctor uh, he's not going to do too well because he's out of his gifting so that's what I want to, to share with you today so to get into the will of God let me try to illustrate that from my own personal life uh, if you're interested in how God works with me, I have a biography, uh, my life, my calling, my destiny, 
uh, you find that book on my on our website. So you can, if you want to do it. It is obvious that God called me to be a preacher, evangelist, minister. I know that now after being in it for one or close to 60 years. But I didn't start out like that. So my parents simply felt that they wanted me to be an engineer. And uh, so I had uh, difficulty in school. I could do mathematics, but I had to work on it. It didn't come naturally. A difficulty with chemistry didn't come from it naturally. Uh, matter of fact, after I got saved, suddenly I began to understand mathematics and chemistry and a number of other things. Got to give me insight. But anyway, so my parents guided me. So I finished high school. I got into an engineering college and... I finished that up, got my bachelor's degree, mechanical engineering. But I knew this, that God had spoken to me as a five-year-old that I was going to go to the United States. And that, that, that's another story. <clears throat> so the day I graduated, I was scheduled to do my um, – uh, in Sweden, you, are, you have conscripts. You have to serve for one year. And the week after, I was going to – got out of college, I, they wanted me to report to the military in Sweden, so I didn't want, I'm, I'm not going to live there, so why in the world should I do military service for one year, waste one of my years? So my wife and I, we just got on an airplane, we went over here to the United States, and I never did military uh, service in Sweden, and God blessed me, I didn't do it here either. So now, the engineering degree that I had gave me so God used that as a platform to establish me in America so instead of working in mechanical engineering I worked in civil engineering that happens all the time you switch fields so I did that for about six and a half years I excelled and I felt, you know, this this is nice. I'm serving, I'm in a church. I'm teaching Sunday school. I'm a Sunday school superintendent. I visit, do visitation. I lead people to Christ. And so I felt, you know, hey, I'm really doing good. I got a nice job, fairly decent income for that particular time, and uh, married, good wife, good fellowship in the church. I was set. But all of this was a preparation for the next step. And so the next step was that one day, as I was home for lunch, I was listening to a message on a cassette tape, and there was a testimony of a guy that had been called into the ministry. And very powerful God spoke inside of me and said, you know, I'm calling you into the ministry. And it was like a grenade went off. And then I realized I am shifting. Um, 
this is an area where I am not prepared to go into. I loved, I had started to preach. I was a lay preacher. And I, I'd like to teach the Bible. So, now, applying to a seminaries. The only reason I could get into seminary at that time, 1969, was I had a degree in engineering. So God used my engineering degree to give me a platform to get into the seminary. As I look back now, all my writings, all my sermons, I write them as an engineer. I detail it. I go from A to B to C to D. I don't jump back and forth. I go like on a railroad. So I realize the education I had was not wasted because it taught me how to think, how to check the scriptures out, how to do historical check back on. What was the customs at the time in Israel when Jesus walked here? What was the custom when King David was a king and so on? So, them going to seminary, I realized, okay, this is where God wants me. I'll finish that up. And then after come out of seminary, now what? What do I do now? As I prayed, the God laid upon my heart to start doing evangelistic work, particularly in my home country where I came from, from Sweden. So for 10 years, I would spend my, my wife and I would spend about four months in Sweden where we were working. I work as an evangelist, and they go from a church to church, and sometimes we had citywide revivals and so on. And um, so I felt, you know, this is exciting because it's really exciting to come into the evangelist and uh, you stay there for a week or two weeks, sometimes ten weeks, and you, you stir things up and then you leave the mess to the pastor to clear up, you know. It's one thing to be a pastor, you've got to grind continually, you know, get rid of the get rid of the sins of the people. So that dried up. It just dried up. And that brought me into a pastor. So God opened the door and um, I really hadn't been a pastor, but God had put talents in me. So when I got into the pastoral work, I begin to excel, and I used my experience. I had experience because I worked in the industry in Sweden, uh, in factories, and then in, in Salt Lake City where we lived, I'd been a supervisor for about five years. So God has simply honed my skills in different areas, and then I come in into the pastoral and then once I became a pastor, he says, now we're going to start integrating into the radio. So for 25 years, I was a pastor. I was a radio preacher. I had five programs, Monday through Friday. 
uh, half an hour, pro- 15 minutes program, uh, five times a week, and reached a lot of people. And then God said, now I'm going to start having you write. So we started writing. The du- we had the Dove magazine came out. And uh, I had never done writing before like this. But there was built into me the skills. And suddenly, now I was a writer, I was a speaker, I was a pastor. Uh, and then God showed me, okay, now we also need to have you to learn to cast out demons. So I had to learn about the spirit world. So it has been an involvement as God led me step through step in different areas. And during the time of learning, I also ministered to people, so people benefited. I was like a doctor. Uh, I went to uh, school first, and then I did internship, and then I got a residency. Being a pastor, you got a residency. And uh, I was operating on people spiritually, so to say. So I can look back now on um, 83 years, looking back, and I can say, Uh, There was a time I was insecure, do I do this or that and so on. But I always asked, what is your will, God? And eventually I came to the place where I wrote this book, Christian Dynamics number four, which is on the will of God that I'm teaching right now. Now, I got this information from the Lord back in 19... 75, no, not about 1970, 1980 is when I wrote this particular book, 80, 80, 81. So, with that now, let me start into the lesson because I want you to know that I am talking to you through experience. So, let's talk now about the will of God. That's important. What is the will of God for you? I know now the will of God in my life, and the will of God had changed. He had me do this, then he moved me to this, then he moved me to that, and so on. The phrase, the will of God, is usually reserved for people who do not know what they are talking about. It is often used in times of accidents or great catastrophe. It is even found in insurance politics when I speak of war and natural catastrophes as an act of God. People show the ignorance by blaming all evil and misfortune on God, not knowing that there is a devil in the world using the sin of mankind to bring about destruction and death. People use the phrase, the will of God, when they have planned something and it did not work out. Oh, that was not God's will. We blame the perceived misfortune on the will of God instead of putting the blame on ourselves where it truly belongs. Let's go to the scripture right now here from Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 6 to 17. 
Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of this thing comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are your light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfold works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done on them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he says, Awake you that sleeps, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let me read the last couple of verses there. I'm in Ephesians chapter 5, 6 to 17. Wherefore, he says, Awake you that sleep, and I'll rise for the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let me take you back to 2013. And uh, in 2013, I was uh, contacted by a lady in the state of Oregon. And uh, she had uh, heard me at that time we were having a webcast internet webcast and she heard me on that and she uh, as a story she was uh, uh, not divorced she had children she was shacking up with a man that was not her husband uh, they were both Christians and they were bewildered they wanted to straighten their lives out so we talked with them and uh, counseled with them over the phone and told them, you know, that you, uh, you cannot live together if, you, if, you, if you're not married, you're fornicating. And so eventually it came down to the situation where she couldn't get a divorce because her former husband simply had disappeared and he would not, she could not find him so she couldn't go to court and say, I want to have a divorce from this guy and so on. He had been unfaithful to her and done some things. So eventually she was able to legal means to find out uh, where he was and so on and the, she filed the paper, divorce paper and um, that was legally divorced and um, 
then they decided now they had been together for some time they wanted to get married so I usually don't like to marry divorced people I divorce is not very good but there are some situations where you can't simply say all divorce is bad uh, sometimes you have a situation where a husband simply can murder a wife and it's been just this year alone we've had a lot of husbands murdering their wives because they didn't get along with them so anyway so they asked me can you come up here's what we want to do they said we need to clean up our lives completely. We want to have, want to do a deliverance. We can't come down to California because we don't have the money. Can you come up and do a deliverance at the same time, officiate at our wedding? So I prayed about it, talked to my wife, I know about it. And uh, then God said, I want you to go. You have a mission to perform today. There's some things there that you need to do, and I have some things in the in the back pocket, so to say. So we decided we're going to go. We prepared it. I've never done deliverance like this. Two days, two people, and uh, it was brutal. Uh, and we did deliverance the best we could, cast the demons out and so on. And the people were very willing, so they, they were not resistance. And uh, so we uh, going to do the wedding. So the, the man simply said this, I've never been baptized by immersion in water. So before I get married, I want to be baptized. So here, and the weather was kind of really bad in Oregon. It, the first two days it rained. So he got a pool that was about five feet, of, uh, five feet of water in a pool, in a kiddie pool. So here we was now. Things were not cooperating, but you know we were able to slug it through. And on the day of the wedding, which was a Saturday, uh, it rained in the hotel where we stayed. By the time we got closer to where they lived, uh, the sun came up and the rain disappeared. So, very primitive. I got there, uh, got some clothes on in, in a shed. I had to change in a shed. <laughs> uh, they lived in the trailer. And uh, got out. I had to sit outside of the pool. The guy was sitting down, and then I baptized him. And I had a day about 20, 25 people there, and they looked like all like criminals. I mean, the men and women uh, that were were not the upper crust of society up in Oregon. <laughs> and I found out that none of them were, I think one or two were saved. The rest of them were just heathens. So... Picture me now standing behind a pool, a kiddie pool, and before I dunked the guy, I preached a sermon and told them why he's going to be baptized and how to be saved and so on. And I got a captive audience. You know, they were there for the wedding, 
but they had forced to watch the baptism first. So we did that. I got back in the shed, cold and so on, got into my suit. And then we had the wedding, that chair set up and so on, and uh, I did the wedding. And after that, I had a little reception, and, and then we went home. Now, I'm telling you this, this is a lot of work. It was very difficult, and a lot of resistance. So it was not it was not the cake in a walk in a park, so to say. But God had a purpose. So we had been home maybe a, a week or so, and a lady called me, and she said this. We've been listening to this guy, Shannon Davis, for some time. He has an internet radio. Are you interested in to go on internet radio? At this time now, I had got off the AM stations I was on. I was on number AM station. So at the 25, got off. So I said, well, she said, I would call Shannon Davis and ask him to hook up with you. So I thought, well, this guy, you know, it's a big shot. You know, he's not going to call a small potato like me. So I said, okay, lady, that's fine. Have him call me, you know, and so on. A couple of days later on, you know, here's the phone rang. Here was Shannon Davis. And he said, hey, brother John, I heard about you. I'd like to have you on the program. I said, okay. So that was in 2013. That's now 23. So we are not talking about 10 years. So I've been on Omega Man Radio since that time. And Shannon and I have become really good friends. Now, he's younger than me, so I've been around, he's probably in the 50s, so about, about, I got about 30 years on him. But anyway, what I want to tell you now is this. God did not say to me, contact Shannon Davies, I want you to go on his program. Instead, he told me, I want you to go and minister to these people. And he had already knew that they were listening to Omega Man. And he knew that they would make the contact. But I had to be willing to go to do something that was difficult, inconvenient. It's about an eight-hour drive just one way. And then to get me on Omega Man Radio. And that's the reason I'm coming to you today. So God will work in ways that sometimes he would speak to you and say, go here, go there, and so on. Other times he would simply say, I want you to do this project. And the project had nothing to do with something else he wants you to do. But there's going to be a contact. There's going to be a leading. You go from A, and then suddenly you go to B, and then you go to C. But you cannot go to C directly. You have to go to A and B first. So, understand the will of God. 
we should not seek the will of God because it brings us personal glory. Instead, we must realize that it is an absolute necessity in order to carry out the work that God has given us. God doesn't want to say, okay, I'm going to show you what I want you to do so you can tell people, you know, God told me to do this and I'm going to do this and so on. He simply tells you what to do so you, you can function properly and do what he wants you to do. I would even go so far as to say that most of the things mankind blames on God or Satan are in really humanity's fault. People are unwise, fail often, and usually void of all understanding when it comes to know the will of God. Tragic accidents often happen because of carelessness, disobedience, or lack of caring for other people's welfare. A couple of weeks ago, we saw this submersible implode, taking a life of four passengers and the owner of the company that also was a pilot, where they were trying to go down to the Titanic. And he had built a submersible of carbon fibers. Normally, all submersibles are used of either Titanic, they are either use of um, steel or Titanic. But you don't build them on carbon. Now, this guy that was the pilot of the owner of this company, he charged people $250,000 to go down in his little tub to the bottom of the ocean to go up, to put the lights on, and to see the Titanic, and then go back up again, down for about an hour, hour and a half. So he was talked to by other people the way in the branch, and simply said, you know, that your, your craft is not safe. And they asked him, they said, have you tried to have it certified? Have you got to some kind of engineering company, and have, have they certified that your craft is See worthy that it works. He said, I don't need that. I don't need someone else. I know what I'm doing. I, I, I. Well, they went down. It imploded. They died instantly. And actually, the owner, he's a murderer. Because he simply, through negligence, poor workmanship, he had four people die because of his ignorance, arrogance, and I would say stupidity. So accidents happen. They're not God's will. The interesting thing is that he had offered, there was a billionaire from Las Vegas, and he had offered him and his son to go down on this particular trip. And for some reason, that guy in Las Vegas simply said, no, not this year, another year, but not this year. And I'm sure that after he heard what happened to the other guys, he's simply saying, thank God, <laughs> I did not go. I don't know if this guy is saved or not, but it was God's will for him to 
he was spared to die in this particular accident, which was absolutely unnecessary. There had been no concern, for example, in the past, dumping poisonous waste in our streams on the ground. Because of this action, disease and death had come to both people and animals. Companies are concerned with what companies aren't concerned with what is right and good. They only look for profit. They would only comply with the law if forced to and lobby to have the law changed in their favor. And this brings me back to my childhood. Now, I was born 1939 in Sweden, and uh, we didn't have any toilets. There was water toilet in Sweden in 1939, but only the very rich people had water toilets. So there was no sewer system. There was no uh, sanitation stations where you, you processed the, uh, the, the, the sewer to come out. So as time went by, after World War II, more and more people had water toilets and so on. And they simply put it straight out into the lakes in Sweden. We had a very nice lake. And uh, when I was about 10 years old, we we couldn't swim in part of the lake because uh, there was floating uh, human waste and toilet paper and all kind of different things was just floating in there. They just threw it out there. And then they realized about 1955 that they could not just take all the toilets in the town and put them in the sewer pipe and just put them out in the lake. That was not very good. So they built a sewage plant, and after a few years, the water was cleaned up so you could swim again in the water. So people are careless. We do bad things, and then we blame it on God. So that's as far as I want to take you today. So here's what I want you to take home with you today. If you have children, talk to your wife and simply say, hey, we're going to have some discussions. Talk to your children and say, okay, what do you think that you want to be when you grow up? Have you got any thoughts about that? And then simply do an inventory. What kind of skills do your children have? What are they good at? Write that down. And then pray over that. And that will tell you the skills they have. This is where God wants them to go. Because he gave them these skills so they can use them. A lot of people have skills, don't use them. They go in a different direction and they are miserable people because they don't fit. They don't have the gift what they're doing. So if you're an adult right now and you've simply been tossed around and so on, then simply sit down and say, what am I good at? What are my gifts? And you know what you're good at. Write it down. And then says, God, hmm, I think I'm in the wrong job because this is my gift, but I'm working over here. Shift me, help me to move 
so that I would come into your perfect will. That's what God wants to do. I want, that's what I want you to take home with you tonight. If you want to have this outline, I had a number of people call me. Actually, they, they contacted a ministry, and uh, I sent them an electronic copy of this. If you want to have my outline that I'm working from, I give it to you free of charge. It would cost you time. You had to contact us and simply write and say, I want to have the outline, and we'll send it to you. So, if you if you want to know more about us, go to our website, eaec.org. That stands for European American Evangelistic Crusades, EAEC. And um, on there, you will find a webpage called Weekly Webcast. Every Sunday morning at 8.30 our time, we start with music. 9 o'clock, we start praying, and ten, about 9.30, I start preaching. So if you live far away from me, I'm in Sacramento area in California. You can watch us every Sunday on our webcast. Go to our website, eaec.org, and just click around in there, you will get to it. Matter of fact, you can watch what I did last Sunday because he still is up, it will be up until Sunday morning, then we write it over, and it's another program. If you say now, I, 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 what about some money? Well, money is needed because if you want to eat, you got to have some money. If you want to live someplace, you got to pay rent and so on. So if you think that what I did today was worth five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever you think, go to Shannon Davis' website. He has donations buttons there. He got a number of different ways you can give, and give him an offering today, because Shannon is the one that makes this program possible. He pays for all the fees to, to get this out and so on. So if you want him to continue, he sits in Indonesia, he has three children and a wife, and uh, they can't live on air and drink water. They need food. So he's doing this full-time to support him if you want him to continue with his programming that you benefit from and that you like. So with that, I'm done, Shannon, for today, and I hope people will go to your website and give you a great offer. My friend, it was a great, thank you for those kind words, and it was a great message today. Guidance for Christian, part number nine. We're going to have this up in the archives. Folks, we're on a new platform called Podbean. Go to OmegaManRadio.com, and you'll get the links uh, to both that and the Reloaded channel. My friend, we'll see you. Go ahead. Hang on a second. Yes, sir. Put a, put a subtitle on that. Oh, yes. Tell me. Know your gifts. Excellent. Know your gifts. Okay, fantastic. And uh, we appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Brother John, uh, what what time can people tune in on Sundays to your broadcast? They can tune in at uh, 8.30 our time. 8.30 Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. They go to your website? Yes. EAEC.org? Yes. That's great. We love you, my friend. Thank you for coming on. 
Love you too. See you next time. Bye. That was John Terrell. We also had Gary Stafford and the Gallaghers tonight. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have Dr. Hansen on, and um, I'm confirming we're to have Timothy Bentz. First time on the program, be a two-hour special. We're going to talk to him about uh, the secret mission. God sent him on to, uh, at that time, which was um, Jekyll Island, to bring down the Canaanite altar built under the house that Rockefeller built and where the Federal Reserve uh, was conjured up from hell. We're going to get them on uh, tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking really I'm really looking forward. That's going to be a good program. Uh, once again, if you go to my website, we've got two podcast channels. Now we've got the Omega Man, which you're tuning into now, and the Omega Man Reloaded, where I'm reloading uh, two episodes a night from beginning of time to present. And uh, those are available through Podbean. Now, because we just moved the um, reloaded channel from SoundCloud back to Podbean, you may need to go in and unsubscribe from the reloaded channel if nothing's coming up there, and then resubscribe, and that will get you to the right feed. Because I think what it did is it put it on a, a new RSS feed. So that's all you got to do. If you're not getting reloaded on your phone, unsubscribe to it and resubscribe. And you'll be getting the uh, the feed. I've got all the programs back over there and adding more every day. In fact, I'll add some more here in just a bit. Thank you for tuning in today. Go to OmegaManRadio.com. Uh, wait a minute. Who are, who are we missing? Wait a minute. Come to think of it. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday. That means we also have Tom Mack. Why did he drop off the schedule? I'm glad I just remembered that. Tom Mack will be on tomorrow as well. Dr. Hanson, Tim Bentz, and Tom Mack. Okay. Tom's going to move to a new uh, time, which will be uh, 12 noon Eastern on Fridays, beginning next week in July. Okay. Glad I caught that. We would have missed that program tomorrow. Okay. Got it updated now. Thank you, friends, for tuning in. Love you. We'll see you next time. God bless you all.